Good morning, Grand Point. It is so good to be in the house this morning with you. Uh, it's, it's great to kind of kind of come back mid-sabbatical and give you a greeting. Welcome, welcome to the almost full house this morning. Now, we recognize that there's many of you watching from your house as well, so I, too, want to give you that welcome uh, in. So this is not July 25th. If you're following that little book of yours, that's when I'm supposed to come back. Uh, July 25th, but Pastor Chad asked if I would come back this morning to introduce our guest speaker in the second message on the God, the People God Uses series, and I'm honored to do that. I was glad to do that. I planned to be here anyway, and uh, it is my joy to uh, welcome him. The speaker this morning was born and raised in South America, spent most of his life in the great country of Argentina uh, in his ministry there. And uh, that's where I spent some time with him. He actually translated for me uh, when I was in that country speaking at a chapel service and, and doing some lessons there. And uh, he's, he's a man of God, has a great heart for God, loves God's word. And uh, even more than that, he's my son-in-law, which gives me... You knew that would happen, didn't you? But it is a great joy for me to uh, introduce uh, Gabby, as we know him, Gabby Colombo, uh, as a speaker this morning. Uh, he is, um, again, he's family. But more than that, he's a man who loves God, and I love this guy. Because he loves God, because he loves my daughter, because he's raising our grandchildren well, he's uh, is a great guy to be part of the family. Now, for those of you that are watching online today, I know that because of Gabby speaking today, we have an audience in Argentina, Venezuela, Canada, and many other places. So, Church, Grand Point Church, would you give our global community a great welcome into Grand Point this morning? So good to have you. Thank you for joining us. And with that, would you also give Gabby a great welcome this morning as he comes and shares the word. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys? Good? All right, because I am terrified. <laughs> I am, but we'll, we'll stand here in the power of God, in the name of God, and we'll do our best. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here, like uh, Pastor Lawrence said, or Papa, or my father-in-law said. Uh, I was born and raised in Argentina. Uh, I met my wife, Lindy, when I was here in the U.S. for an internship. Um, we moved to Argentina. We started a ministry there. Our first son, Axel, was born in Argentina. And we have two more, Cruz and Isabela, or Izzy, um, that are here, and we have been so blessed by this church, so it's a great honor and privilege for me to be here. When uh, Pastor Lawrence approached me a while ago, talking to me about this series and about the topic, People That God Uses, um, and challenged me to think of a Bible character um, to, to speak on, a Bible character that impacted my life, uh, of course, I had many in mind. I was born and raised in a Christian home. I went to church all my life, so I had many, many um, characters that came to mind and that I could probably speak on. I also went to seminary, so I, I, I have pretty good knowledge of the Bible stories uh, in the Bible, but there is a group of men that kept coming to mind. Um, the mighty men of David. 
Now, if you um, haven't heard of them, these are the, the men that fought alongside David and fought for David uh, when he was uh, obtaining the kingdom. These are some elite soldiers, elite military guys with great prowess, great military prowess, valor, and, and, and we see some of these stories. Now, I'm not going to spend much time reading and, and going over the names first because that's not the focus of the message this morning, but also because English is not my first language, so I wouldn't dare to uh, read all of these weird names and embarrass myself and confuse you as I try to read some of these names. But let me tell you a little bit of what kind of men um, these, these guys were. When we go to First Chronicles chapter 12, uh, verse 2, we read things like, They were armed with bows and were able to shoot arrows and sling stones, right-handed and left-handed. We go to verse 8 in that same chapter, and we hear things like, They were brave warriors ready for battle and able to handle the shield and spear. Listen to these. Listen to this. Their faces were the faces of lions, and they were as swift as gazelles in the mountains. Uh, as we read the stories, too, we hear of one guy killing 800 men in one battle with a spear. Now, when you compare that to fictitious uh, fictional characters, like uh, I, I, I was listening to a guy talking about how many men Rambo killed in the movies with a machine gun and a knife. It was about, he counted about, uh, about 200. And then Legolas from Lord of the Rings, he kills 48 orcs in one battle. Well, this guy, a real character in real life, killed 800 men with a spear. Uh, imagine 412 guys, and he's like, all right, I can do this. I can keep going. Now imagine the bad guys saying, hey, it's 500, should, should, should we keep going? Uh, <laughs> because we're going to lose all of our men. Uh, another guy, another one of these mighty warriors went hand to hand with a lion in a pit. And we'll hear more about this later as my brother-in-law will speak specifically about him. Hand to hand with a lion and kill it. Now another guy also fought so intensely and so hard that when he was done with the battle, his sword was stuck to his hand. That means that he was so into the battle and, and fighting so hard and so intensely that by the end, he had such a grip in that weapon that by the end, his forearm muscles probably cramped so hard that he could not open his hand. These were the kind of man that we hear and we think of when, uh, when we look at the mighty men of David. But like I said, that's not the focus. Uh, that's not the part of the story that I want to focus on. Because these men started at a different place. Most of these men started at a different place in their lives. I want to read to you First uh, Samuel chapter 22. Um, we hear of David... It says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontent gathered around him. And about 400 men were with him, and he became the leader of them. See, many of 
David's mighty man started like this. Started hiding in a cave, broken spirits, broken lives. They were running away because they were broken. And like I said, when, when, when Lawrence talked to me about a character of the Bible to think about, I, I thought of these men. Because if you're anything like me, you know that life is not always great victories. And life is not always great uh, prowess. And life is not always uh, up high in extraordinary stories. Life is full of failures, of battles, of life can be full of shame. And I am not the pastor here, so I am perfectly comfortable being honest and vulnerable with you because I am not the pastor and I have nothing to lose. (laughs) So let me be honest with you. Let me be honest with you and tell you why these characters mean so much to me. There was a period in my life about five years ago where I was up high. I was in charge of a great ministry. I was a pretty, I had a pretty high up position in, a, in an international ministry. I was handling a large budget. I had many opportunities to teach, to speak, to lead. My first son was born. So I had a lot of things that uh, brought glory or a sense of glory to me. But to be perfectly honest with you, it was about that time where my marriage was failing. There was sin in my marriage. There were emotional hurts that we both had in my marriage. There were practical things. And when you look at this, uh, uh, this passage, it's interesting because it talks about people that gathered, ran to that cave, people that were in distress and debt and discontent. So, so we can think of, of emotional brokenness. We can think of a spiritual brokenness. We can think of practical brokenness. And in my life, I've exper- I have experienced all of them. Like I said, my marriage was not doing well. We, you know, it's, I hear in Christian circle, circles before, you, sh- you shouldn't, shouldn't even mention the word divorce. We mention it pretty much a lot during that time. Talked about divorce. We had a child, so we were like, okay, let's give it a chance. Let's work. Let's see if something happens. But like I said, like many of these men, uh, there there were sins that we were spiritually broken. Like many of these men that ran and hid in a cave, there were, we were emotionally broken from things, even from things that we carried from, from before we were married. There were practical things that were not working in our marriage. And maybe in your life, there have been things like this. Maybe in your life, you can think of moral failures, sin issues that you have struggled with or continue to struggle. Maybe emotional issues maybe practical issues. Maybe you failed in your business. Maybe you made a bad business call. Maybe there were things in your practical life that didn't work out. Maybe you lost your job or you weren't good enough for this to, to, to get this job or that job. Maybe there were practical things that, that hurt you and brought a sense of brokenness to your life. 
And to be honest, like I said, there was a moment in my life where I wanted to run and hide. Like these men, like David, running in fear. See, to, to, to give you a little bit of context in, in David's life, David uh, is anointed king, then he kills Goliath, then he gets some kind of an internship type thing in the castle with the king. But then people, but then David starts getting popular and, and, and people start recognizing him. And then the, the king gets jealous and bitter. So he endeavors in this crusade to kill David. And David, that kid that killed the giant, is full of fear now and runs and hides in a cave. And then there's a bunch of people. It turned out that he was not the only one that was broken or was scared or that was hurt. Turned out that there's a bunch of people that are hurt, broken, that struggle with emotions, with spiritual things, with practical things. This is why these guys are so relatable. Look, there's, like I said before, there's a moment in my life where I wanted to run and hide. Because there was sin, there were things in my life that, that affected me so much. And I, I, I know, have you ever been in that position where you know God's forgiveness, you understand it, but you don't believe it? So you confess your sins, and, and, and it's kind of like, okay, we, we, we take care of it. But at the same time that you struggle with mental health, and you struggle believing that forgiveness. When I say I wanted to run and hide, it's not just a metaphor. And to be completely vulnerable, there were times where I literally curled up in a corner, put my head under my arms, and physically tried to hide. These men, this mighty men, most of these mighty men started like that. That's why when we think of people that God uses, I like to think of these people. Because God can use the broken. God can use the spiritually broken. God can use the emotionally broken. God can use the, the people that failed in the practical things of life. God can use that. And to give you more, a better idea as to what was happening in this cave to this man, David writes some psalms when he is in, the, in, in, in this cave. So let me read a few things just to give you a better idea of it. Um, psalms, Psalm 142, verse 4. Listen to the state of mind that David had. And I, I speak of David, not because David is, is the main topic, but remember that David was in that cave and he became the leader of them. So we can assume that what was going on with David, his pain and his transformation was the same thing that happened to these men in the cave. Listen to this. Look to my right and see. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. Speaking of state of mind or mental health, you know that there's a lot of people that because of spiritual brokenness, emotional brokenness, practical things, uh, cancer or outward things, you know, the illnesses, the death of a child, the death of, of a relative, there's a lot of people that are broken. 
And there's a lot of people that are in a state of mind, whether they officially were, di they were diagnosed with mental health issues or not, but, but there's a lot of brokenness and a lot of things that, that affect you. And just like David, I don't know if, if David was diagnosed with mental health problems or not, but he was obviously struggling with it. No one cares for me. No one cares for me. No one cares for me. But there's a transformation, like I said, there's a transformation that happens in this cave because the cave, I want you to think of this cave as a place of refuge, as a place of healing, as a place of preparation. Because there are many opportunities in your life where you might want to run and hide. And it's okay, God knows that. And God invites you to hide under his wings. Because God wants you to take some time to heal, to re be restored, to be prepared, to be prepared. Listen, listen to the, this psalm that um, David writes as, as he is in the cave, Psalm 57. Here's where we start seeing the transformation. It says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all of the earth. See, sometimes in our lives, it is our position that brings us glory. And because we have this position, we have this glory. And because we have this glory, we can serve God. Maybe it's the amount of money we make that brings us glory. And because I make this much money, I can serve God. I'm obviously good at it. I'm obviously, sometimes it is our glory. Glory what leads us to believe that because we have that glory, whether it's your, your, your physique or, or your, your uh, intellect, whatever it is, it's, it's my glory. So because of this, I can serve God. But what happens when you lose that? What happens when the circumstances, uh, whether it's an illness or something, and, and you lose that strength? What happens when you make a mistake and you lose your position what happens when COVID hits and your world is turned upside down and that glory goes away? That's the time where you need to start shifting your eyes from your glory or who you are or even your failures or your inadequacies and shifting your eyes to God. This is what David started doing. He said, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all of the earth. Verse 10 and 11 says, for great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your faithfulness, God, not my faithfulness. I fail constantly. I made promises to God that I didn't keep. Often I had... Uh, 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 spiritual failures, but it's your faithfulness that reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let, again, let your glory be over all the earth. Listen, this is what, if, if, if you feel or if you have felt that your emotions, your spirituality, or your practical day-to-day -day things are a reason 
that, that, that keep you out from, from, from serving God, a reason for why you want to run and hide, and, 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 and even a step further, if you've physically been in that moment that you hid, that you curled up in a corner and you put your head between your legs. Listen, God, start, God is telling you, eyes on me. Eyes on me. God wants you to start shifting your eyes from your own brokenness, from your own state, from your own circumstances, and start putting your eyes on him. This is the same thing that God does with every single people that God, every single person that God uses. We see it all throughout the Bible. We saw it with Moses. Moses God calls Moses, and Moses is like, I can't speak. I'm not good enough. And God says, hey, Moses, eyes on me. Eyes on me. David says, I'm not good enough. David, eyes on me. We see it in the life of Peter. See, Peter was kind of uh, the opposite. He started out, Peter started out saying, oh, I can do things for God. I can, I will die for you, Jesus. I will follow you wherever you go. And then the moment came and what happened? He bit the dust. He bit the dust. He fell. He denied Jesus. And he was full of shame. Listen, I understand what sin does. You're like, it hurts, but it also fills you with shame and guilt. And Peter was feeling like that. So he was like, I'm just going to go back to fishing. I'm done. I can't do anything else for, for Jesus. And then Jesus comes, meets him. And like I said before, he's like, hey, eyes on me. It's not about you or what you have done. It's not about you or what you can do. It's not about your ability eyes on me. And that's the same thing that God is telling you this morning. He wants you to shift your eyes from your brokenness, from your situation, from whatever is bringing you pain, hurt, whatever, eyes on him. But he also wants to heal you. Like I said, um, the cave is a symbol for, for a place of refuge, a place of healing, a place of restoration. And God wants to heal you. God wants to restore you. And God wants to prepare you. And he's going to use painful circumstances in your life to prepare you. To prepare you. God is going to use that cave. And let me, let me challenge you with this. Let's think of this church, this building, this place as a place of refuge, as a cave where broken people can come. Are you broken? Are you ashamed? Are you full of guilt? Well, come in. We like you. We want you here. This is a place of refuge, and this was a place, this church, and many of you sitting right there were a place of refuge in, in my wife and I's marriage restoration. This very church, and many of you sitting there. And God wants for you to, to be able to go into a cave for a, as a place of refuge and preparation, as a place where you can be honest to God and, and talk to God and t tell God about your, your weaknesses and your struggles. But not only that, he wants you to start moving your eyes from who you are and, and the circumstances that you're in and start shifting your eyes onto God and who he is and who he is. Let me read another passage, another uh, verse to you about the mighty man of David, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 
uh, chapter 11, I'm sorry, verse 10. It says, these were the chiefs of David's mighty men. They, together with all of Israel, with, uh, with Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord has promised. That group of broken men that were hiding, that wanted to run away from their problems and circumstances, were the same men that helped David obtain the kingdom. Let me tell you something. There's a kingdom to advance. There's a kingdom to advance. And the cave can be a place of refuge for you and a place of restoration. But you were never meant to stay in the cave because there is a kingdom to advance. You were never meant to, to, to stay in that place where, 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 where with your brokenness. No, you were meant to, to go there to find refuge, to find healing, and then go out and extend the kingdom. Because there's a kingdom to advance, and God wants to use you, God wants to use me, and God can use you and me to advance the kingdom. And just like the mighty, mighty men of David, he wants to use you. He wants to say, these were the people, this was the church that expanded the kingdom here in Chambersburg, in Brazil, India, Argentina. There's a kingdom to advance, and you need to be a part of it. And if you're broken, if you have failed in your marriage, if your marriage has, has sin, if, you're, uh, if your struggle, or if, you, if divorce has been a part of your life, or if, uh, I don't know, if, if you're struggling be, f because of an external situation or something that has affected your life that has nothing to do with sin, but cancer or, or the death of a loved one, if you're broken, God wants to use you to extend the kingdom. And God provides a cave for you to heal and for you to be restored. But eventually, you need to expand the kingdom because you were never meant to stay in the cave. You were never meant to stay in the cave. Like I said, that cave and be a place of refuge. And if sin is what brought brokenness to your life, God can deal with that. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive all of our sins and to purify us. If sin is the issue, if you say, no, God, I, I'm a sinner, I can't. I can't serve you. If God is asking you to come out of the cave and extend the, king, the kingdom of God, and you're like, no, I'm a sinner. I'm struggling with sin. There's sin in my life. Like I said, I understand sin hurts. Sin hurts. And Satan uses the sin that God forgives and lies to you and tells you it's still an issue. Still an issue. You're not forgiven. But listen, that's not true. That's a lie. If sin is affecting your life, there is forgiveness. God, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive your sin. Romans 5.20 says, Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. 
I love the, the, the Spanish version of this, because in Spanish it uses, and maybe, maybe there's another English version that uses the same word, but in Spanish it uses the word, where sin was abundant. Where sin was abundant. Where, there's an, where there was an abundance of sin. My life was like that. My life is like that. There, there's sin. But where there's, where there's an abundance of sin, there's an overabundance of grace. Grace will always reach farther than sin. Grace will always reach farther than sin. Listen, maybe sin is not the, 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 the main issue. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Maybe you struggle with your emotions, with your thoughts, your mental health, whatever it is. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28 says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I, says Jesus, will give you rest. I will give you rest. Second Kings 25, I, I, there, there's, a, there's a sentence in that verse that I love. Listen to this. It says, I have, heard, I have heard your prayer, and I have seen your tears. God has heard your prayers, and God has witnessed every single tear that you have shed. And he says, and I will heal you. And I will heal you. God wants to heal you. Are you emotionally broken? He wants to give you rest. He can heal you. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but... By prayer and supplication, let your requests be made, to, be made to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Are you struggling with anxiety? Is, is that emotional thing that's, that say, no, God, I'm emotionally broken. I'm too anxious. I can't serve you. I can't do this that you're asking of me because I'm, I'm, I'm too anxious. I'm nervous. I can't control my mind. I'm useless. God can heal you. God can give you peace. Be anxious for nothing. God can give you peace. Is that your lifestyle, lifestyle or the practical things in your life, business failures, bad decisions, or just you can't get a grip on your daily routine? I know that we have, we have a lot of moms here. I, I, I live with a mom that <laughs> has three kids, and I know that it can be a lot, and it can make you tired. And sometimes it's like, how am I going to serve God? I'm a mom. I can barely take care of my hair. <laughs> Listen, God wants to use you. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says, His mercies never fail. They're new every morning. You fail today. You wake up tomorrow. Take a deep breath. Your mercies are new. I'll try again today. Your mercies are new. I'll try again today. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. God, I can't serve you. God, I can't do it. I'm too weak. Good. That's where God's power is made perfect. Because that means that none of your glory or none of your so-called great abilities 
will interrupt God's, God's power from working. Ephesians 6, 9, 6, 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and the, mighty, and the might of his power. The might of his power. When I think of uh, these men, I think of men that are a lot like me. Men that were broken spiritually, emotionally, practically. Men that have probably failed and they, they saw no, nothing in life other than just running and hiding. And God provided a refuge for them. And God restored their lives. And he turned the, many of those men into these mighty warriors that helped David obtain the kingdom. Listen, church, there's a kingdom to advance. There's a kingdom to advance. Don't let your, weakness, your weaknesses, your sin, your, your brokenness keep you out, keep you away from advancing the kingdom. Listen to this. What God has done for you is more relevant than what you have done with your life. What God has done for you is more relevant to advancing the kingdom than what you have done with your life. What have you done with your life? Nothing. I failed. I made mistakes. But what God has done for you is more relevant than that. So stand on it. Believe that what God has done for you is more relevant than what you have done with your life and advance the kingdom. Obtain a change. When you, when you start looking at God, move from, from looking at yourself, looking at your circumstances, and start looking at the glory of God, the faithfulness of God, and start worshiping God, and that will give you a change of perspective. Because for many of us, many of you, what led you to go to the cave can become, become your platform to advance the kingdom. Listen, maybe the very reason why you wanted to run and hide can become the platform that now God gave, gives you to advance the kingdom. Yes, that brokenness, that failure, that mistake, that can become your platform to reach your tribe. I spoke of moms. Moms, you have a tribe. You have a bunch of other moms that are probably struggling and wrestling with the whole things. And maybe that very thing that makes you just tired at the end of the day, that you just feel overwhelmed, maybe that can be the platform that God uses to bless other people. Marriage. Maybe what led you to run to the cave is the very platform that God wants to use, that you can use to advance the kingdom. One last verse I want to read for you guys. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The title of this series is The People That God Uses. This verse clearly talks about the people that God uses. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, 
and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Church, do you feel like you're not enough? Do you feel like your past mistakes, that your issues, your brokenness, your mental health, whatever it is, do you feel like that is it's more of a reason to run and hide than to serve God? You couldn't be more wrong. That is a reason to run to God, not to run and hide. To run to God so he can heal you, he can restore you, he can prepare you. Because there is a kingdom to advance. And God wants you to be part of advancing his kingdom. God wants to use ordinary you to do extraordinary, extraordinary things like these men de- did. God wants to use broken you so his power, so his glory can be the one that shines, not you. Church, there's a kingdom to advance. And we were never meant to stay in the cave. If you feel like you have to run to the cave, do it. Because there's healing and restoration. If you feel that God is asking something of you and it's moving you to something, there's a kingdom to advance. Don't let the reason, that, don't allow the reason that led you to the cave be the reason that keeps you there. Because that can be the very platform to advance the kingdom. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and your challenge, God. Thank you that you use broken people. Thank you that you use people that fail. Thank you that you use, God, people that want to run and hide. Thank you for a place to hide when we need it. Thank you for a place of restoration and a place of, of, of healing a place of refuge when we need it. God, but we were never meant to stay there. I pray that you will encourage us, challenge us, and empower us to advance the kingdom. In your name I pray, amen.